Hello. Hello, is this Matt Webster? <clears throat> this is Matt. Matt, this is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the line, you're on the air. Oh, all right. Hello. Well, not exactly. You're pre-recorded, but, I, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. Welcome to my podcast, and and I'm thrilled to speak to you because I am a, a fantasy and science fiction and horror movie lover, and uh, while I wouldn't call yours a horror, I would definitely say there is fantasy elements in yours that I have not seen in many stage works, ever. So I'm really oh, thrilled wow. to speak to you about, about your show. Um, uh, tell our listeners for a moment about Back. Yeah, so it's a two-person play about um, sort of the dangers of nostalgia, and um, at, at its core, it's a love story, but there's a, some sci-fi elements. I don't know if I want to say too much about what those sci-fi elements are, but it it, it deals with uh, a little bit of time and space. There's there's uh, people always talk about uh, if I'd only know if I if I knew then what I know now. So essentially, you have yes. this very. I I won't go into detail. I'll just say the big. There's there's a time travel element within this love story, and and that piqued my interest so immensely because that really is an original idea. Uh, uh, you, you see variations of it going as far back as the Twilight Zone, but certainly nothing like this, not within a love story. W uh, what's the creative process? Where'd you get your idea for, for this? Yeah, so it's kind of a funny story. Actually, <laughs> I was riding on the subway, and I just sort of had this idea pop into my head about um, being able to go back in time and change your path and create sort of a new strain of reality. And then I just started free writing on my phone, on my notes app. So what I do is I just sort of start writing and I ask a lot of questions like, okay, so there are two people and they love each other, but they can't make it work in this reality. And so maybe they go back, but what are the rules of going back? You know, how long can you go back? What, how long do you, do you know that you've time traveled? How would you not know that you've time traveled? So I just do this free writing conversation with myself on my notes app on my phone and out of that kind of came the whole story. That's, 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 that's very cool. It's almost cinematic. I can almost see you sitting there and all of a sudden you go, how about this? You know, suddenly you yes, saw some exactly. old man walk by and you say, what if he, I have an idea. Uh, <laughs> so that's really intense. Are you a, a fantasy lover? Are you a sci-fi person necessarily? You know, I, I like things that are rooted in some sort of reality when fantasy and sci-fi gets a little too otherworldly for me, that's when I tend to check out. So I like the sci-fi that's a little bit more subtle, and the sci-fi is an element, not the whole thing. You like it when the science is peppered with fiction as opposed to you can't even understand the language half, half the time. Ex exactly. I still gotcha. like a little bit of realism in there, which is why the love story for me is the realism and the time travel is sort of the science fiction, and they both can't exist without each other. I'm, I'm not going to go into any of the details that I've, I've read about this, but it is obvious rooted in, in reality for you because you have such a fascinating uh, concept about their love and, and even the outcome. Uh, reading this, you sound like an astute person in terms of relationships. Did, did, you, did you usher okay. anything in your head about your relationships, about someone else's relationship, one you've heard of? Because it's really, you have two really involved ideas. That's why I asked about science fiction, because the 
rules of your time travel are brilliant. And again, I've not heard of them before. So I thought, okay, this guy got all of the Isaac Asimov novels somewhere at home. Yeah. Um, and, and then in terms of relationship, you really have a very astute, uh, concept in terms of the relationship. So, so did you, did you hearken it from other, from other relationships you've heard or been part of? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I think as a writer, you sort of are always pulling from the people in your life to some extent. Um, but for this particular story, I did, I got an invitation, um, to my high school reunion and I really didn't want to go because I felt that no one that would be there really knew the real me. They just sort of knew the social media version of me. Uh-huh. Um, and and it made me think about how they all sort of had their own private version of me in their head that only they knew and only they could see. And and I started thinking about how interesting it is that we all have private versions of each other um, in our heads of, of who we think these people are. And we never really know the the real person unless you're super connected to them. So this idea of being able to create multiple strains and create your own personal reality was sort of started from that. And then on the more personal relationship side, um, there have definitely been relationships in my life that <laughs> if things could, ha- if one thing would have changed and we would have found ourselves next to each other instead of in different states, who knows what would have happened. Um, and, and I think those questions are really interesting to ask as a writer, like what if you had a second chance? What if you didn't go away for college? those kinds of questions. The the marketing aspect, which is always my favorite, is really inspired because what person ever has has never said what if, meaning a business exactly. deal, a relationship, anything, even even waking up at a different time, everybody says, What if I'd only? So so you tapped mm-hmm. into something that we all feel and then you handed it to us in terms of relationships. And and then just the notion of it being not a scenario or anything like that, but it, but uh, the science fiction element, you actually said, okay, what if? Well, here's what happens. What if? And, right. and, and, and again, there's the, a lot of danger involved in that. Thank there's you. A lot of, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, unknowns that open up when you allow yourself to be thinking in that way. And this play deals with those dangers and and I think in a in a larger sense that area of the country that a lot of the play is set in, which is in Ohio in the Midwest, um, there's a lot of desire to go back to the way things were before industries left, before jobs left, yep, um, when the economy was better. And so while that is not at the forefront of this story, it's definitely the environment in which the story takes place, that desire for a better time, that desire for when things were simpler and easier and better for a lot of people. You're also hitting a very interesting topic that way. I never looked at it until just speaking to you now. So this is yet another angle that I'm going, oh, very clever. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're entering the world of the millennial. And, and I am not a millennial. And, and I have seen many a generation come and go, and I've seen the world change because of them, but I think the millennial uh, 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 arrival, uh, evolution, if you will, is one of the largest changes I've seen, even in the arts. And, and so your, your piece essentially talks about, you know, uh, the, the great shift in terms of, of intellect. So you're, you're taking the fantastical level of what's going on around the world. It's like a, a new generation, a whole new thought form 
is happening. And, and, and whereas it's so real, you're taking it from the fantastical point of view, which is really interesting. Yeah, uh, it, 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 one might even look at it politically. Yes. <laughs> right. My characters are millennials in a sense, you know, in whatever world they're in. Um, they're similar to my age and, or when I started writing the piece. Um, and I think there's also some comments in the play about age and about different points in your life, what matters to you, because don't forget these characters are 27 and they're considering changing their whole life and changing their whole path in life at age 27 because of something happening in their past. They have a whole life to live where something worse might happen or, you know, to, to think that at age 27 is the first, is the best time to go back is an interesting question to me. Why, why did you do it then? That's a big question. Yes, okay, maybe because, you know, that's your demographic, so you understood it. But uh, I have seen, not like this, but I have seen, you know, the, the go-back-in-time stories, and it's usually someone my age plus, someone in their 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s, saying, I wish I could. Why would you pick 27? I, I, have a, I have an idea just from my own life, but I, I, why did you pick 27? So at, there's a technical I guess the technical reason for 27 is because I've heard that that's when your body starts to not be able to form new cells to replace old cells. Oh. And so it's an actual chemical thing in your body that you are actually starting to <laughs> deteriorate and not replenish yourself. Brilliant. Um, so that's one reason, um, just sort of a su subliminal reason, I guess. It's not on the forefront. But then the other one is because at 27, I feel like you're challenging so many things in your life in terms of relationships, career, family, um, everything sort of coming at you at that age of what am I going to do with my life? I've already left college. I'm maybe in a job. I don't, do I want to be doing this job for the rest of my life? You know, or am I going to change careers? There's just so many questions. There's not really time to feel settled. And so that's why I wanted to keep it in that age range. That's, that's, that, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. Essentially, the, the, the psychological aspect of 27 being, you know, the road to 30. And, and right. at that age, you're supposed to, quote, know what's going on. And, and so, yeah. so yeah, you're, you're, hitting, you're hitting people pressure. at their first crossroads, really. Right. Right. There's a lot of pressure to know what you're going to be doing with your life. I mean, we go to school at age 18 to college and we're choosing majors and disciplines that we're going to carry with us the rest of our lives. And when you hit 27, if you're not doing well in what you've planned your whole life around, well, you better start thinking about what, what else you're going to do. And right. so that's what these characters are confronted with. And and that's the first and it's 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 clever that you did this because that's that's the fantastical element. You know, when you're in your fifties and sixties and talking about life, you're talking about it from so many different angles. But at twenty seven, all you have is the fantasy element of where am I going? So yes. so it's amazing and, that you put it there. And when you're twenty seven, so you can go back, you know, ten years in my in my play. Well, you know, we're just going to tell all the secrets eventually, so we might as well just... No, 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 don't, so, don't tell the secrets, please. People are tantalized <laughs> by this. <laughs> when you're 27, a ten, ten, going back 10 years, a lot happens in your life from 17 to 27. <laughs> a lot yeah. happens. And if you're 65 going back to 55, I'm not saying a lot doesn't happen, but it might not happen in the, in the same pacing of a 17 to a 27-year-old. Um, it's not milestones. So it's reason. things, but it's it, not it, not yeah. normally milestones. 
exactly. exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, so you picked the milestone times, you picked the whole point, and yet you gave yourself the obstacle that these people don't know what the future is going to bring because they're too young to, to know that. So it's really a crossroads, right. and it really makes the, the, the element of the play really powerful. Now, you did this as a reading once before. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say it also maybe makes it a little bit more tragic, too, that these young people are willing to give up what they've experienced in their life so far for a second chance. And and, they're and so young. It, it's they're tragic. It's a little sad. And now I've just had the epiphany that this is sort of like the, uh, another kind of take on Romeo and Juliet. They were they were teenagers. <laughs> they were really teenagers, is, and yeah. and when you when you watch Romeo and Juliet, you say, "Would you two shut up? You're teenagers. You got your whole life. Stop it." And and yes, yeah, so you gave that same thing. It's the tragic element that that they should just shut up and see what the future brings. Um, right. Exactly. Now this had a reading before. Yes. Yes, it's had um, a reading, an industry reading last year, um, where I worked with the same actress and. Um, the same director. It was, it was co-directed at the time, but now I've, I've since hooked up with David Perlow, who's amazing, and helming the team. He's great. He has extraordinary credentials. I, I could just imagine spirited rehearsals uh, with him at the yes. helm. He's very passionate. He knows what he um, he knows what he wants, and he also allows himself to not know the answers to every question. So we figure it out as a team. It's, it's very collaborative. It's great. That's great. That's that's excellent. How did the audience uh, react? How was how was uh, the first audience uh, comments regarding the show? It was amazing, actually. <laughs> um, I was kind of blown away by it. Uh, I had several mentors in the room and people that I really trusted just because, you know, at an early stage, you want people that are going to be kind with their constructive criticism. Um, and overwhelmingly, the positive, the response was so positive that um, it just made me so excited to keep working on it. And there's a cool thing that happens in the play when um, sort of the ball drops, something clicks in for every audience member. Like there's a collective, oh, kind of moment. And a great aha moment. Good. I, yeah. And I heard it in the reading and it was just one of the coolest feelings. Like everyone was right there on the ride with me. It was great. Oh, that's excellent. Well, that's, that's reaffirming for you. It's, it's, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation where you're sitting at, at a, a, a first read through or first reading and something's wrong and just going, Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. It's, it's right. not clicking. Oh my God. So, so I'm thrilled you did not have that. Yes. You know, it was, it was a great, uh, a great feeling and a great response. So I'm excited to now put it completely on its feet in a festival production and get even more responsive. And, and what was your aha moment when you watched the first version of this? Because now, here you are. I'm, I'm sure you've done some rewriting. I'm sure you've at least revisited in some cases. Uh, what mm-hmm. was your aha moments when you watched it the first time? Did you suddenly have brand new concepts that you wanted to throw in there, different ideas, different characterizations? The, I, the biggest aha moment I had was when someone approached me after the first reading and said, have you ever thought about making this a TV show? Because the world is so full in the play. Like we were talking earlier, there's a lot of rule to the time travel element and yep. it's all very specific. And so I sort of had this aha moment of, Oh, there's a lot of stories to tell with this technology, with this world. And um, yeah, that aha moment really dropped in on me after the first reading of what else can I explore with this story? And, and these characters have unlimited possibilities. So I, that was sort of my aha moment. 
So, so this could very well branch into something cinematic, something uh, on television. Yes, I mean, that would be a fun avenue for the play to take. Um, right now, my complete focus is on the play. <laughs> yeah, really? Um, yeah, but that's definitely something I would keep my uh, mind open to. That's great. And, and speaking of open minds, now you have the same actress, the same director, and there you are playing the other role. So, yeah. so you have three very like-minded spirits who've been there from the beginning. Where has their journey gone? What have you seen from David? What have you seen from Tara, the actress? Uh, it, did they have aha moments? Did they suddenly come to you and say, okay, when we do it now, this is what we have to do? Did it spark new thoughts in them? Yes, actually. Something really interesting. Thanks for bringing this up. We used to have a tagline for the show that was, um, would you betray the person who loves you the most? I saw that, yes. Chance at life. Yeah. And then when we were starting to rehearse for this festival, the director was like, actually, the play is not about betrayal. The play is about love. And, and it's sure there are different aspects to the story, but at its core, it's a love story. And he's like, I think we maybe are losing focus on the love in it. So then we changed the tagline to love takes lifetimes. So there's still a little bit of struggle in that line, um, but it's rooted in love. And that has been a clear shift for us in this rehearsal process. I'm glad you said that because that became my aha moment. When I was reading all this and, and researching the piece and everything like that, the first tagline, I thought to myself, okay, what happens that's so dark? Uh, in right. this that that someone is betrayed but then and, and it's very clever to pluralize to say love takes love does not take a lifetime love takes lifetimes right. so that was exactly. very clever very convoluted opened up the mind all the way uh which is really excellent on this um uh what's what's next for you now now that you have this went from a reading now it's in a festival and we're going to talk about that in a moment but what's the next what's the next thing what's 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 when you're sitting on the train what's the next thing that's going into your phone <laughs> um i have two sort of upcoming and ongoing projects um one is a new play uh, called jay in the contest and I'm working on that currently and going to Georgia for a writing retreat in September and October to sort of maybe get a good first draft of that. Um, I've had one tiny reading of it in New York with just some actors uh, that I trust. Um, so that's happening. And then I've also uh, written my first screenplay that I'm <sighs> there you go. talking with some people about and seeing if I can maybe transition from writing for the stage to writing for the screen. Excellent. That's the second time I've heard something cinematic out of you. First year, one becomes a TV show, <laughs> one becomes a, a screenplay. Did you, when you when you first decided to be a writer, when you first said, "Okay, I am Matt Webster, the author." Did you think mm -hmm. TV? Did you think novels? Did you think stage? What was the first the, the first moment where you thought your pen was going to 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 make you famous? What was going to be that first moment? TV, um, stage? Stage. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. That's, that's my little quiz that I do. Uh, <laughs> whether, people, whether people stay that way or not is, is almost immaterial. It's like uh, the reality, the, the, the spontaneity, the energy of the, of the theater 
I think anyone who starts that way, uh, they have a better chance because they're, uh, they're looking at, at, at such a, a realistic excitement. Uh, and so I'm so happy to hear you say that. There, you passed my quiz. Well, um, yes. <laughs> good, good. What were you going to say? I, I, I think I interrupted you. I was just going to say that the writing for the stage or working in theater to me is very collaborative. And so I think that's a good place for a writer to start because you're surrounded by people that are there to um, enhance the writing with their thoughts. Like you have a director and you have actors and, and it becomes more of a collaborative thing. Whereas when you're writing for a, the screen, it can sometimes feel isolating um, because you're doing all the parts as the writer. You're writing in the mood and, and the world, whereas in the play, you can bring in other people to kind of create that with you. Right, right, right. Now, now speaking of, of, of energy and excitement, um, you're part of a brand new festival. Uh, we're, we're in, a, we're in a, a world right now, unfortunately, where so many of the, the landmark festivals are either closing or taking hiatus. I can think of three mm-hmm. or four that I remember from, from, from the days when I could be called a millennial that uh, are, are no longer with us. And so you're part of a new festival. What, what's, what's good? What do you like about uh, Ken Davenport's Rave Theatrical Festival? I really like how um, sort of hands-off they are in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. Um, I've been a part of a couple other festivals with some different projects, and a lot of times answers are, meant, are met with no before even thinking about it. And <laughs> most of the time, the answers that I've been given are, have been yeses. So that's been really nice. Like if it's not an immediate yes, it's actually, we haven't thought of that. Let's figure it out and see what's possible. They're not approaching anything in a negative way. And so I really have been appreciating that. So you're getting a lot of artistic freedom. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of, um, let's solve this together rather than no, you can't do that. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, were you part of anything with Kevin Davin- Ken Davenport? Because I know he has many different organizations and he's part of a lot of things. Did you know him before this or is this your, your, your foray into Ken Davenport as well? No, this is my, um, my first time working with Ken. That's great. That's great. And so, yeah, yes. his whole team has been wonderful. So, so out of the box, you're thinking this is going to be a really powerful festival. As well as as, yeah. as just they're, they're nice to actors. Uh, good. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm I'm so happy to hear that that the festivals are starting out well, and it looks like they'll continue because that's that's the backbone of the theater these days, especially when you're talking independent theater. Absolutely. You know, you need a place to start, and you need a place to start without a huge financial commitment, and so that's what festivals are great at. Excellent. All right. Uh, uh, last question. Big question. And and. Listeners, don't listen. Shh. Cover your ears. <laughs> you have the same director and the same actress again. Why? Uh-huh. Why? Why Why did you want them? What is it about them that said you're staying with this project? I trust them. Hmm. I trust them with my story and I trust them with um I trust them with my creativity. And how important is that to you? That's the most important. Um, I I know that I can always find people that are talented and people that have good ideas, but you can't always find people that you trust and that you can know that when you look at them, they they have your best interest and the play's best interest at heart. 
That's great. That's great. You passed another quiz. That's a great answer. <laughs> That's a really yeah. excellent answer. Matt, thank you so much. This has been marvelous. I'm really excited for your piece. Like I said, you, you, you had me with time travel. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. I hope that the festival is marvelous. I hope that your play gets the standing ovations it deserves and that one day I'm sitting in my living room and I turn on Netflix and there it is. Hey, you and me both. Yeah, there you go. Wish you the best. Thank <laughs> you so much for chatting with me. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Same to you. Ciao. Bye-bye.